Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. In this episode, we had Aaron LeBauer come on and he talked more about his journey to PT school and how he started in massage therapy first and went to PT school. Right out, he started his own cash-based practice in North Carolina. And he talks more about how his goal is to save 100 million people from unnecessary surgery and Aaron is just such a cool guy and it was a great interview. Yeah, it was a great interview. And like Gabby said, saving 100 million people from unnecessary surgery, that is his big mission, which is so incredible. And he had a lot of unique jobs throughout his career, including being a bicycle messenger, which I thought was really cool. And he actually raced bikes before. So he like you know, he raced bikes competitively, which is so cool. That's just a side note. But (laughs) a big piece of advice that Aaron gave was that as soon as people start hating and telling you you're dreaming too big, take it as a sign that you're doing the right thing. And I thought that was so cool. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. So welcome back to another episode of Gratitude, guys. Today, we have a very special guest, Aaron LaBauer. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks so much, Gabby, Sarah, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're just so excited that you're able to come on. I know you've got so much happening right now. So tell us, first of all, a little bit about what you have going on in your PT world right now. I've got a ton. So I'll give you the condensed version. I I own a clinic. It's called LeBauer Physical Therapy. We're 100% cash-based physical therapy practice. We're 100% direct access. We don't get physicians' referrals. We get patients to choose us. We've been in business since 2009. I've been a clinician. Um, I started as a massage therapist in 2008. And we now have a practice where I have a cash PT resident. We're hiring a full-time, another full-time physical therapist. We've hired a massage therapist. We've got an amazing like office manager, customer care specialist, Amber. And I'm really not treating any patients anymore. So this is my first year where I've basically, you know, I'm not treating patients and I've built that. Plus I've got a coaching business where I'm helping other passionate physical therapists grow and scale their cash practices, online businesses, and um, make a bigger impact in, in life for their patients and community. Yeah, that's amazing. That is so incredible. And I know I visited your clinic. Uh, it was a few months ago now, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And just meeting, um, I think it was Amber who I met. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Amber. Yeah, it was really great. So you teach cash PT pr- or practice owners or 
Real no, quick I'm side not. note. So are you guys both in the same area right now? Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Oh, 30 minutes away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? So I, I visited. didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So about 30 minutes away. So I, I drove to Greensboro and we had lunch and saw the clinic and it was it was really good. Great. I don't think I was working across the street. I had the across the street. I think it was this summer. So I now have yeah, a little um, office, their office across the street I rented for the coaching business because um, I was getting too big, <laughs> like there's taking up too much space in there doing webinars and everything. But yeah, I, I've got a, I help people who want to start a cash practice. I help people who've started a cash practice grow and scale their business. I have people who are just physical therapists who want to transition to practice or become better entrepreneurs, um, transition from being self-employed to being, you know, the business owner. And I help people grow and create online businesses. So it's, you know, to me, business is business. And I've learned a ton um, about creating a business because I started one, I started one as a massage therapist, then I moved, I started another one, then I moved to Greensboro, I started another one, I started my PT clinic and I started my coaching business. So I started five businesses. And every time I've learned something new, the principles are the same. And all I did a few years ago was just started, you know, I like to help and solve, I like to help people and solve problems. So I was just started helping people and people said, Aaron, can you help me do this? And it's like, okay, sure. And that turned into this kind of coaching business that I have. That's crazy. And you started like right away, you like didn't hold back, you know, starting your own PT clinic, which I think is so unique and so incredible. And what was one of the reactions you got when you first told somebody your plans uh, after graduation. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, the first reactions I got were before I graduated, but I, I did. I started a cash practice right after I graduated. On my first clinical rotation, I saw 43 patients one day. And that was the big pivotal day where I was like, you know what? I can't do this forever. I can't, you know, I 43 people. I was there till 9:30 or 10 doing notes. I was like, this isn't going to happen. I thought I was just in this to learn more and get a job somewhere. And my CI there was the same person. When I told him, I was like, I'm just gonna have to start this as a cash practice. And he said to me, no one's going to pay more than their copay for physical therapy. I proved him wrong. <laughs> but uh, when I was graduating, my professors and people would say, Aaron, where, where are you going to go work? And I'd think, oh, LeBauer physical therapy. And they're like, well, wait a minute are you going to go into business for yourself? And I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, well, that's great. But that's, uh, well, are you taking all the insurance? And I was like, no, I'm doing it without insurance. And, and people looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, people tell me that it was unethical to do that. Um, people told me it just clearly it's not going to work. People aren't going to pay more than their copay for PT. And here you are. You proved everyone wrong, right? Yeah, right. And that was the thing. It's like, it took me five years to prove to myself that I proved everyone wrong. And I was like, well, what's next? You know, I've got this business that works. I'm helping people get into it. What's next. And then that was the point at which I decided I want more of my time back and I need to grow and scale. So I hired an assistant and started hiring other physical therapists and people to do the technical work. So I can grow the business even more and impact more people because I'm, I can only see 25 people, I don't even like seeing 25 people a week. Like me, 18 people, patients a week was a nice, was a nice mix. Um, any more than 26, I would just be tired with the type of work that I, I like to do and effort I put into it. Um, and so that next piece was, okay, it's successful. I've proved everyone wrong. I've helped people do it. Clearly this works. So 
what do I need to do? And I had to reevaluate what I wanted my goals to be. And that was to have a location and time freedom by the time my kids graduated high school. It's become the case now and they're in, you know, second, fourth grade. That's so incredible that uh, I, I absolutely love that. And it's just great that, you know, your patients come and they come to your clinic, they know how they're going to be treated and, and have the therapy that they deserve. And you don't even have to go through physicians, which which is right. so great. It's all word of mouth and marketing. But if you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into PT school, I know you said you did massage, massage therapy first, um, but how'd you get interested in that? I have to give all the credit to my wife, Andra. Andra wants to do everything before me and ends up like, she's like, well, I wanted to go to PT school. Then you went to PT school. I wanted a, I wanted a motorcycle, but you got a motorcycle first. You know, you know, a couple of things, you know, uh, she pushed me to do it because I was doing massage therapy and specializing in more, you might call it medical massage, uh, you know, working with people's problems. I had done some training in myofascial release and using some of these techniques, which are different than just like a t traditional massage techniques. Patients were telling me, well, Aaron, what you've done is helped me more than the 10 other places or 10 other people I've been to see. I've had surgery, I've had injections, been to PTs, massage, chiropractic, et cetera. No one's ever touched me where I hurt. No one's ever been able to find the spot that was causing all the problems. And you did it within 20 minutes or, you know, within one session. Like I didn't cure them, but I was the person that was actually able to touch them and help them and, and listen to them. And so that was going on. And I was just bumping up against like my limiter. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in the car, you got this rev limiter. It's like, I didn't know how to get people back to health when they were injured. I was just trained to keep them healthy. Um, and I knew how to address the soft tissue, which a lot of people were missing, but I wanted those other pieces. And it wasn't really available to me living in California because I was going to have to move and my prerequisites. But we, we made some changes, moved places. My wife was like, you really should um, apply to PT school. And so I did. And, and the rest is history, I guess. That's amazing. And I think it's pretty special because you were a massage therapist before. Like, I don't think there was anyone in my class, at least, that was a massage therapist before PT school. And I think um, you have a kind of unique insight in that way. Right. It got me into trouble a few times in school. <laughs> How so? <laughs> well, I had a professor say, you know, all, all people need is 30 to 45 seconds of hands-on care. And I was just like, uh, I disagree with you completely. Um, and I told her, I was like, look, I mean, I've made my career as a massage therapist on people that didn't get touched, you know, for as long as they need. I was like, you can't tell everyone here that. <laughs> and she, I mean, she took it well, but, I, and I said it a little nicer than that. But, you know, I mean, that, you know, me having been a healthcare professional back in PT school rubbed a couple of professors the wrong way, probably because they were insecure about the, you know, topics they were teaching. I can see exactly how that would be an issue because we have we do have people who are like maybe they were PTA before and mm -hmm. they've been in the health field for a while. And so it is quite a transition and to have those students can be honestly intimidating sometimes to some professors. So I think it creates good conversation though. I think it's good and I got called into the principal's office for something. I got uh, one other professor uh, slammed a phone on my, or slammed my phone on my desk. I was like, it wasn't even me. I was just like the one time I was like, you know, like my phone went off. I was like, I always pay attention. I never leave class. I'm always asking questions. I'm engaged. And, you know, like this phone goes off. And this is before smartphones, right? It was flip phones. It was only 10 years ago, but it was a flip phone. 
I wasn't, you know, but it was like the questions that I had been asking her over and over again to clarify and make sure like I got it, you know, because no one else cared like I did. Um, must have like just irritated and that was the last straw and I was like, whoa, and everyone was like, whoa. So, um, you know, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> yeah, that that is so cool. So just wanted to, this is really a random question. So you mentioned that you lived in California and mm-hmm. that you were a bicycle messenger yep. in California. Did you have any, if you can explain that job and if you had any other, you know, unique jobs or hobbies? Yes. So bicycle messenger um, in San Francisco doesn't actually climb all the hills everyone thinks we do um, because we learn the ways around them. Uh, Most of the businesses are down low, but you do have to climb hills, but it's not like what people think. But, you know, there are two ways it works. One, the way the company I worked for, there was a dispatcher who would call us and say, Aaron, or he'd call my number, Aaron, go pick up here and take it to this other place. So I would go do that. I'd call him back in, tell my guy, he's like, okay, now you're here. Go pick up these other ones. Go do these things. The one of the first, the first week on the job, like I was already racing bikes. So riding a bike wasn't my challenge. It was the map of the city. And I went somewhere where I thought I knew where I was going and I was in the wrong part of the city. He said, call me on the phone. I called him on the phone. He said, look, if you don't know where you're going, just stop and call me on the phone and ask. It's like, okay, I started doing that. And then he started feeding me all the gravy you know in air quotes like all the really good high paying stuff because i did what he said where all these other guys were just goofing off smoking dope doing whatever and in my first full two-week paycheck i made i i generated more than one of the other dispatchers did in his first full year as a bike messenger um it still wasn't a ton of money but it was like 1300 bucks or two weeks it was enough to live on in san francisco and to ride my bike for pay it was just one of the most amazing experiences i've ever had I've done a ton of, st- I've done, I mean, I, I'm 45. I might look a little younger than that. I've done a lot of different things. And in some of my, my hobbies, I love, um, I, mean, I could tell you all about like being a, a temp and a sous chef and all those funny stories. But the things that I love to do are do things with my hands, not just treat patients, work on vintage scooters. Um, I've got some vintage Lambrettas uh, and Vespas. I've got a 1982 van vw westphalia and i like um, restoring old uh, straight razors Um, all things that it takes not really creativity but um diligence and it gets you into a little meditative state and uh, i get to use my hands to do the work that's so cool i saw that on your on your website and i was like i have to ask him about this because i i love riding my bike i don't ride professionally or anything i do triathlons but i'm not like riding nearly as much as I'm sure you did as a bicycle messenger in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah, I only, I mean, bicycle messenger in San Francisco only took about a year of my life. Uh, I spent another eight years racing bikes and I quit being a messenger. So all my best ideas come after I work out and when I'm tired. A lot of my ideas for my courses and programs and even my life come, I had this really long day and I was in the shower and I was like, oh, if I'm a massage therapist, I only have to see people four hours a day and I can race and train and ride, ride my bike like I want to. Um, and so I, I raced in Europe. I raced all over the United States as a semi-professional bike racer and making no money. <laughs> that's so cool, though. I'm super jealous right now. That, that uh, just sounds amazing. You still have time to do it. You know, most <laughs> of the best women uh, come along in bike racing in their mid-30s. So, you know. Hey, there you go. So 10 years from now. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if there is a PT student out there listening, what advice would you give to them if they want to start their own cash-based PT practice? 
Um, that's a great question. I think the number one thing is for any physical therapy student who wants to start a business, whether it's cash-based, in-network, online, when we're training-based, you know, anything, it's, it's kind of twofold. If you want to do it, you don't need to wait until you have a certain amount of arbitrary experience to get started because PT school doesn't teach you how to run a successful business or market a successful business or sell a successful product. Um, it teaches you a skill that you use to deliver the product that you're selling. And then, so that's why it's like, you don't need to wait. And I guess part two was, you I mean, you can get started now. And I want to say it was a, a better idea. Like, what was my other piece? So it's like, one, you don't need to wait. And two, if you want to do it, oh yeah, it's the thing. When, as soon as people start telling you that your dreams are too big, that th this is not going to work, that you shouldn't do it and you should stay safe and just go get a job, you know you're on the right path. When you start having haters and people telling you that what you're doing is impossible, just take that as a sign that you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I agree. And I think PT students really need to hear that too, because everybody thinks that you can't go the traditional route and that, you know, it's, I mean, I would even say like, it's, it's encouraged, not encouraged, but it's just the way that, that we've all done, done it for so long. And cash PT is, is growing. And I don't even know, probably within the last, I don't, I mean, you can say like maybe 10 years, I don't know how long it's really been around, but I mean, more people are realizing that, you know, insurance and dealing with, um, you know, reimbursement rates, it's just, it's leading to burnout. And yeah, the cash PT model, I mean, I think is going to be really up and coming and it is right now. Yeah. And, you know, here's the, here's the, here's the kind of the crux is that when we're, when we're taught how to treat patients, that's very different than the expectation of what we're worth to people. And when we work in a system that values us at a copays and the copays go up and they go down and deductibles do this and we don't, we are completely disconnected with who the customer is and who's paying and what they're actually paying. Uh, it changes our perception of value and owning your own business is, and it's not easy and it's not for everyone. And it's hard. It takes a lot of hard work, but it's absolutely rewarding. It's a way to beat the whole like ceiling of in income ceiling in PT and pay back your loans. And at the same time, I think that whether you do it cash-based in network or whatnot, it's, it takes someone special to say, look, I'm going to do something different than everyone else is doing and come out and take action and put in the effort. And like I said, it's just, it's rewarding and it, it's doing what's right for patients. And you look this year, my own copay is 150 bucks for physical therapy. So, you know, we have to look it's like, oh, no one's going to pay more than their copay for PT. Well, who's going to pay 150 for PT when last year it was 30 and they didn't get any better. So if we go into it looking like, look, copays are only getting higher. Deductibles are only getting higher. People are paying cash for physical therapy. Anyways, we need to price it appropriately and not be afraid to ask people to pay us or to, or to sell them what they need, which we all know is physical therapy before surgery, medications, and injections, so. Yeah, and I love your mission too. So can you kind of expand on like what inspired you to create that mission statement for yourself? Yeah, okay, that's, that's great. So awesome, thank you. Um, so my mission is to save 100 million people from unnecessary surgery. You know, and I would expand it to say, it, if I'm talking to a physical therapist, like save people from expensive imaging and unnecessary surgery. 
because people don't need, like we all know this, it's like I'm preaching to the choir. People don't need an, to, an MRI and, you know, to know what's going on. So like, all I got to do is watch you move and I can tell you what's going on. But they feel secure in going to see the orthopedic surgeon and the orthopedic surgeon says, yes, let's try an injection to see if it works. And you know, let's get you an MRI before I talk to you. And, oh, we can always do surgery. And then after that, if that doesn't work, then maybe we'll try the PT, the physical, the physical therapy. And over the years treating patients who I hear this from, it just, it's just, it frustrates me, it saddens me, it makes me want to bang my head against the wall. And I'm like, okay, well, I can help 20-something people a week, 25 people a week. How many of these people are coming to see me first? And it's very few people. They're usually coming to see me after. Um, and after doing my own coaching, um, going into business development, personal development courses and conferences, I realized that all these like really big people that have a significant impact have some kind of mission that's beyond themselves. So I was like, well, what is it that's beyond me? Beyond me that I can reach for that's just like ridiculous. And I was like, okay, a million people. Oh, let me save a million people. I was like, wait a minute. If I see 20,000 people in my 20 year career and I multiply that by 300, I've already put 350 something people through my course. Well, that's like a million. 350 times 20,000 people is like close to a million dollar, million or more. I was like, wait a minute, that's not big enough. I was like, I got to go 100 million people. So it's, I want to create this, you know, this huge number. It's going to take a while to get to, but I can't get to alone. And that's why, you know, that's one of those things that kind of pushes me to say, okay, I need to help other people figure out how can we get patients to understand that they need to, you know, get PT first. They need to see a physical therapist first. And if I can teach them sales and marketing that's going to get that to happen, then I'm winning and I can do it more than just seeing one patient at a time. Yeah, that, uh, I absolutely love that. And no one that I've known has had a mission statement like that. And I just think it's so important for people to realize, I mean, you're impacting more people than you think. And, you know, in ways of doing that is marketing and, and really like the business aspect of it, which we really don't get, and you really have to find outside sources for that. Um, whether you're a pre-PT or a PT student and even after, like, that's one thing I, I don't know if the system will change, but it's something that more people need to be aware of. Right. And I think what people think is that it's unethical to sell physical therapy or healthcare. It's not unethical to sell something that you believe in and you know is right for the patient. Um, it's unethical for me to incentivize my employees to earn a earn more the more they treat patients. It's unethical for Martha in, in Indiana to decide on whether my patient gets um, physical therapy or not. It's unethical to you know incentivize me to treat more you know like to be in a clinic position where I'm an employee and you know the boss says well you know we need to see people eight times because we're counting on the money but well boss I just got them better in four visits and they're upset with me, which are things I hear that's never happened to me personally, but I hear that from people I interview and, and work with. It's absolutely ethical obligation to sell physical therapy, to sell the thing people want, which isn't range of motion exercises and hot packs, leg lifts, et cetera. They want to be able to play with their kids again, squat, go back, you know, lift heavy weights, you know, run a 5k, et cetera. If I know I can help someone do that, it's my job to learn how to sell it. And when I sell it, an ethical way by asking the right questions and giving people an offer that's, you know, like what they need, then it, people will understand what physical therapy can do for them. And they'll feel really, and everybody feels really good about it, but we're afraid to sell it because we were paid 30 bucks an hour. The copay is 25 
And I'm afraid to ask for a hundred bucks an hour for the work I just did because it's, we've always been disconnected from it. And I like what you said as well. You know, it's that big controversy, controversy, can't talk today, controversy that we can't ask people for their money for healthcare services, but you know, personal trainers do that all the time. Like that's Mm -hmm. their job. And I absolutely think it's so silly that people think it's unethical why can't we? Why can't yeah. we? Because some big business who is generating billions of dollars for their CEO told us that we're not the ones that can decide on what we're worth. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And were you ever, so you were a massage therapist before and mm-hmm. what else did you do? Did you do any personal training or things like that? No, I don't, I don't like, I don't like watching people exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Hand, you know, in one of my clinical uh, was observations when I went to PG school, I was like, oh, hands-on time here is hands-on pen. You know, it's like they're just, exactly. they're check marking people as they go through the exercise. Like, I'm not getting into this to do that. Before I went to PG school, I mean, I, I tried to get a real job. I worked as a, I worked as a bar back. I worked as a, a sous chef. I worked as a temp in a lot of different places. And massage therapy, you know, was great. And um, it gave me an idea. Like I was charging $85 an hour for massage therapy. So when I got PD school, I'm like, well, why am I going to go get $40 an hour to do the same thing that I'm getting 85 for? Now, now I'm Dr. LeBauer. Why am I going to take a pay cut? Well, what I learned was that, you know, you, you don't do the same work. You can't do the same work because I can't do one-on-one hands-on with people for an hour and insurance actually pay for all three units or six units. I'll say we only authorize one and a half units for that. And so, you know, I've done, I've done these things, but no, I didn't do personal training, but people who come from personal training, athletic training, massage, um, and having some other business, um, have an extra skill set that they bring to physical therapy, which I think is really valuable. And if we don't have that, we can always go learn that. It just brings a nice well-roundedness to it. And you know, a little bit of, you know, business sense, if you have owned your own business or done your own training business, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's really great too. And I know, you know, a lot of um, people now are getting that extra background, whether they be an ATC or um, they have their CSCS or just something additional that kind of leverages them as a student or afterwards. But for current PT students, do you have one piece of advice that you would give to students? Yeah, if you know, on that same topic, if you want to be good at business, you don't need more credentials or or hands-on certifications. Um, they're not going to make you a better business owner. You need to be able to get pretty good results with your patients. But once you you got all the P- tools as a PT, and when you graduate as a PT, you know you know more than ninety nine percent of the population. So once you know more than ninety nine percent of the population, you can help them. You only need to be one step ahead of the person you're trying to help because you bring them along with you. If you want to be a business owner, you really need a a good solid business foundation, uh, work with a business coach, work with mentors. That's amazing advice for PT students. And I hope that, you know, people hear this advice and actually take it to heart. Like we've heard this, you have, you know, so many guests on here, like such a variety of advice. And I think it's just so valuable for them to hear it. Even if it's repeated, like it's important and people should definitely, definitely take it to heart. Thank you. So what got you started with your Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast? Oh, that's an awesome question. Gosh, what got me started with that? Well, after a couple of years in business, you know, it was working and it was running and it was great. And I was still learning how to do things. But people were like, 
you know, asking questions on forums. And uh, this is before Facebook groups, right? I mean, but you know, that doesn't mean it's that long ago. Uh, and I was helping people and someone said, well, okay, well, can I pay you to help me? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I want to pay you for some help. And I was like, okay. And then so I was helping people and I started this kind of little business. And I was like, wait, a there's a bunch of information out there that more people need to hear because I'm getting the same questions over and over again. And just if, if I share it, and one of the ways to share it is on a blog. And one of the ways to share it's in you know, other ways. And I'm really, I feel like I'm pretty good in person and on video. And I decided to do these um, like live in-person webinars at the Cash PT lunch hour to interview other people, to teach so that people can get some great information. And as an online business, it helped me you know, build my email list, which is important for brick and mortar and online businesses. It was just one of these ways where I could add value to the community in exchange for something, which was you know, everyone's contact information who joined. And then I turned that into my podcast, which you don't have to give me your email to find. You just have to give Apple your email. And it was a way to um, showcase what's working for people. So people realize that this is, there's no question that this practice model works. Uh, it's a way to deliver um, information on sales and marketing. And, and I don't know, I just like, I like to give and, and, and help people. And it's a way to help more people and to start to reach that number where we can get to 100 million people, you know, coming to see us first, you know, not going to get unnecessary surgery. Love it so much. And it's so great to have more people that, you know, have started a podcast and we are, we are in the beginnings, but it's really great to hear how your podcast is successful and reaching out to, uh, or and impacting so many people. Awesome. Thank you so much. Did you have any questions for us? What's the number one thing you've, you've learned or are going to do differently because of something that you've learned on my podcast or one of my groups or something like what do you, what do you learn? What are you going to do? What do you guys, what's your plan? Oh, <laughs> um, I think, I mean, for me right now, I, I really have heard a lot and have been starting to really look into cash PT in the future and opening a clinic, kind of having an understanding that there are many people out there who have done it, including yourself and, and knowing that there's people out there who can help. And I just, learning stuff from our group that we're in smart success PT and other mentors. Like, I just don't know how, you know, three years from now when I grad or when we graduate, like, I don't think I want to be in an insurance based clinic, but that could, that could change. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I feel the same way from listening to your podcast um, mm -hmm. and also Danny Matei's podcast. Like both of you are incredible mm -hmm. and I love both the podcasts because it brings so much awareness to like what both of you are going through and it's just really insightful. And so for me, hearing your story and hearing what you're learning, it's mm -hmm. really teaching me how to be better in the future and kind of what to expect in the future. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's of course. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. And especially, well, this is, yeah, where can people find you? So if people have questions about Cash PT or whatever, where can they find you on social media and, you know, contact you? Um, you go to AaronLeBauer.com, um, Instagram and Twitter at AaronLeBauer, and on Facebook, it's forward slash AaronLeBauer, and my free group is called the Cash PT Nation. We've got over 4,500 people in the group. Wow. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we appreciate you taking the time to um, talk about 
some cash PT and some much needed topics that students needed to hear. That's awesome. You guys are absolutely, I'm, it's my pleasure. Abby, you're absolutely welcome. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch and we will see you in May. All right, sounds great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, Karen. Yeah. Bye. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.